<clears throat> Clear the instrument. <laughs> oh, what was that? Oh, wow. We're getting toward winter. Hopefully, uh, <clears throat> the instrument will remain strong. We won't get any colds or stuffed noses. We can only hope. I did get the flu shot, Reg. Do you know that? You get one? You're probably too young for that. No, I got the old flu shot and a COVID booster. Thank you very much. So, doing what I can, right? <laughs> what I can do right now is do a podcast. What do you say, my friend? Yeah, you all set? Cool. So am I. Put it in the books. 391. I'll give you the three S's, and I'll give you the countdown. You give me the music, and I'll give you a podcast. What do you say? It's been working pretty good for that. That, that format seems to be working pretty good for the last, what now, seven years? Almost going on eight. Pretty close. Four or five months away. Maybe six, well, four, five. Yeah, about yeah. May is five, six, seven, seven months. Anyway, ready to go? Cool. <clears throat> Star, smile, strong. Here we go. Three, two, one. Hey, it's Elton Jim Toronto, and this is Captain Podtastic. And welcome to another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast. There we are. Of course, listening is a key element. To the podcast experience, but uh, if you're a member or a listener of the Elton Gem podcast universe, you know it's your job to get out there and tell your friends, tell your family, tell anybody who listens to a podcast that your favorite podcast is in fact Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic, and it should be theirs too. Your loyalty and devotion are much appreciated. If you like what you hear, oh, we got more podcasts for you. Just sitting there waiting for you. You go to the podcast section of WGNRadio.com and you hit the prompt for this podcast. You open the door and they're just waiting for you. Click on me. Click on me. Listen to me. Listen to me. They're all jammed in there. Just keep scrolling down and loading more. See where we've been so you know where we're going. We're going right now to episode number 391. So, if you were listening to um, last week's podcast, number 390, I was telling you that uh, it was one of those weeks. Did you ever have one of those weeks? Not just one of those days. One of those weeks. Those five, those five to seven days. You know, work week five days, regular week seven days. It depends on how you look at it. But did you ever have one of those weeks when things are just like, oi, it's enough for one week. And yet you've got enough 
in one week for a month. This may not be as bad as that, but certainly uh, when things start to pile on, especially when they seem to come one after the other, it's just as like, oh, when is it going to stop? <laughs> well, I had that week a couple of weeks ago, and I told you part one of that week when I discovered yet another in the series of, it seems as if it's hundreds. I don't know if it's really hundreds, but it certainly feels that way. <laughs> feels like thousands, to be honest with you. But um, I found yet another nail in one of my tires, which, as you all know, it's it's just the, the we de- we depend so much on our on our cars as transportation that. And the and the flat tire is just one of those things that, you know, it, it, the the possibility of it exists every time you get in the car, and yet, you know, we drive and we 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 take it for granted, and then it happens. In my case, it wasn't a flat; it was at least manageable in that it was a slow leak, but it certainly was a slow leak that. Um, that turned into more of a extended situation than I would have liked or than it even should have been. And then on the top of that, just when that gets all done and finished, I left you with a little tease at the end of last week's podcast about something that also broke. And so... In that same week, right after I finish the kind of day and a half, if you will, actually more than that, I'd say that whole slow leak thing was probably more than two or three days when the when my light pressure first went on and I sort of disregarded it until I realized it really was a problem and not a malfunction of the tire pressure uh, you know, monitoring system, whatever they call that, that most cars have today. Because mine has been known to go off when there's no problem with the tires at all, which then, of course, leads to a false sense of security. And then you just say, oh, recalibrate, don't worry about it. And then two days later, you see that you've got a very low tire. Well, I I, I talked all about that. If you want to hear about that, if you didn't hear about that one before, Listen to episode 390, and they'll give you the, the lowdown on that. Happy to say, a week, or so, a week or so later, uh, all tires in perfect condition. No nails. <laughs> but coming off of the, the, slow, the nail in the tire in the slow leak episode, which, as I said, took up a good day and a half, almost two days, if not more, and uh, was inconvenient on a number of reasons and needed to go back and redo the situation. Um, so it, it, it turned into more than it really, I hoped it would and should have been. But okay, we're all done with that. And it's like, okay, good. Whew. No catastrophes, yes. 
some inconveniences along the way, but no catastrophes, wasn't caught on the road, wasn't, you know, so I was able to handle it within a a manageable inconvenience, if you will. And, and, and nothing that's an inconvenience is is looked forward to, but at least if you can manage it uh, and mitigate as much of the possible problems that any kind of annoying or situation might, uh, or inconvenient situation might bring up, um, I think I, I was able to do that. So frustrating, inconvenient, yes. Catastrophic, no. The one I'm going to talk about now, not necessarily catastrophic, but yet I guess you could say it is catastrophic in the lengths that had to be done. Maybe not so as catastrophic for me, but for the item, even though it's a non-feeling item, although as I talk about it, I will discuss, is that really true either? Ooh, this is going to be a deep podcast, folks. Strap in. No. <laughs> so, I'm all done with my tire situation, and I'm at least happy now that everything's done. And uh, so I think it was a couple days later, life gets back to normal. Everything slows down and calms down, and everything's good. The universe seems to be... Uh, you know, in sync again. That one little nail threw it out of whack for a few days. <laughs> and so I go about my business, and I believe it was uh, Saturday morning. No, it was Friday morning. I think it, well, I'm not sure what day it was, Friday or Saturday, a couple of weeks ago, right after this nail incident happened with the tire. And I was eating a granola bar. And I like granola bars. It's a nice little healthy snack, although sometimes it's hard to tell. You know, these, like, yogurt and granola, right? Those are supposedly healthy things. But then when you start to look at the ingredients on there, you realize that, well, it's healthier, I guess, than a candy bar. But is it really? I mean, calorie-wise, sometimes... Not so much. Sugar-wise, sometimes there's a reason why some of these yogurts really taste good. <laughs> or some of these granola bars or these snack bars, as they're really called, uh, are so good. They're, they're, they're just as potent. They've got sugar and chocolate and all the rest. So you really have to look for some that uh, at least have a good taste that uh, you're willing to eat it on a regular basis. So that it gives you some kind of, uh, you know, pleasurable eating experience and some, some satisfaction in eating it, but at the same time, um, also is somewhat healthy for you, right? Better than eating a piece of cake or you know eight cookies or something, right? So it's always a delicate balance, and we always try, and we and you know how it is out there, folks. I mean, we always try to do good and. And even when we try to do good, when we try to eat yogurt and granola, we're still kind of not doing good. And we might not, and we might think in our minds, hey, I'm eating granola bars. But like I said, then the worst thing is, is to look on the back and to see how much calories are in it or what sugar is in it. So, um, 
I've tried to, you know, uh, either tailor my tastes or to the fact of, of trying things that have lower sugar in them as a snack bar or, or, or as a yogurt, because I do like yogurt a lot. Always have. I, I remember my dad buying it many, many years ago, uh, as well as granola, too. You know, and wheat. I remember him putting, putting wheat germ on things, which was kind of wild. My dad was far from a, you know, a hippie health guy. <laughs> far, far from it. You know, he's from, he's born in the Depression era. So, you know, that was, but I was su- surprised one day. Uh, but he did, he did get on, a, you know, get, he did get on um, periodic health kicks, uh, mostly uh, out of necessity because uh, at an early age, he's only 47. Uh, and he had a major heart attack. And so he really shifted a lot of his um, habits, certainly right after that happened. And I was only a little kid when that happened. But I just remember him buying wheat germ. And, I, and this, this is probably you know, in, the, in the late 70s when the whole you know hippie, dippy kind of foods were starting to become mass produced and be getting more uh, popular. And I remember him being on the yogurt thing early on, and uh, the wheat germ thing didn't really last very long, but I think, you know, he was trying to do good, and he, you know, he he did um, he did turn a leaf for a while, certainly. I think if you have a major heart attack, it, it, it either, it scares you straight, or you don't really live to, to, to tell the story, so. But, um, so I've been eating yogurt and, and granola for a long time and certainly now those two areas have just become major staples in american diets now but uh, you know 30 40 even 50 years ago that was not the case dan and yogurt was a big deal and it was very different it was much more sour you know the whole yogurt thing has really changed because i said they've added more sugar into it and uh and even those granola bars. The first granola bars were probably, you know, they tasted probably like husks. And then the manufacturers, the mainstream manufacturers, the uh, you know, food manufacturers said, "Well, look, I mean, we're going to we 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 we're going to push the the health benefits, but the only way they're going to really make this a, a regular part of their daily diet is if it tastes good. They're not going to eat cardboard and." sour tasting white stuff so that's when all of a sudden uh you know dannon when it first came out was one of the major yogurts that was mass produced if i recall and for the most part there you know there wasn't a lot of fruit involved it was just the yogurt the cultured yogurt and um if you ever tasted like pure very pure yogurt there's very little sugar in it that's the whole idea right remember those dan and yogurt commercials that there's these famous dan and yogurt commercials and if you go on youtube you could find them they were push you know this was in the in the late 70s mid to late 70s and early 80s they were pushing the idea of yogurt to become a major staple in our diets which has worked no question but the whole idea was they 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 showed some like 
980 and 90 and 100 year old Russians or something. I can't remember some Eastern European countries where they it seemed very remote, but they were the old. They were they 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 were in their 80s and 90s and and back in the seven 70s and 80s to be to live 80 and 90 was a big deal. People, if you lived in your 70s, that was a big deal. So there were these commercials for Dan and yogurt. Um, with these Eastern European people that lived in these remote areas that that ate yogurt, and they were living in their eighties and nineties and a hundred. They had a guy that was like seventy five. Remember the the kicker to the one commercial was, the, you know, this guy has been eating yogurt and he's eighty, and he also enjoys it with his dad. <laughs> you know, and he was eighty, and then his dad was like ninety eight or something. <laughs> But as time went on, you know, all of a sudden there was fruit on the bottom and then there was, uh, you know, the the mixed fruit, you know, that was folded into it. And then there's more sugar involved and granola, the same thing. We had, you know, we had these granola bars, fine. And they were, they tasted like cardboard and all of a sudden they got a little sweeter. And then all of a sudden they got uh, chocolate chips in them. Oh, well, how could you go wrong with that, right? And they had raisins in them, a little sweet one, you know, those little raisins, a lot of sugar in those little raisins. And, uh, oh, a little, little, maybe some chocolate, uh, you know, a chocolate base on the bottom. Oh, you know, sometimes granola bars with yogurt on top, a double whammy. So anyway, um, I'm eating this yogurt bar, which uh, which is a little more. It's not one of the 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 more uh, candy barish yogurt yogurt bars out there, right? So there's a lot of roughage in it, and it's it's still a very well known brand. But this one was, you know, some are very some are hard and some are soft, and this one was soft. But still, it is is part of the brand, and I'm just not giving the name out. No, and not on purpose. Just don't need to give free publicity out, right? Um, but it was a little softer. But yet, still, you know, within the 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 ingredients of the granola bar itself were coarse. They were hard. There were some hard aspects in it, you know. So I'm chewing, and you know, when we're when you're eating, I mean, we don't even think twice, right? I mean. <laughs> Chewing and eating, you know, uh, takes very little effort, right? And I think I was looking at the computer while I was doing that, and I and I bit down, you know, as I'm chewing, I bit down, and oh, I felt something hard, and I was like, "Wow, what? Well, what's that?" And I tried to uh, with my tongue. I stopped. I stopped swallowing. I didn't want to swallow it. And so with my tongue, I, I, I was kind of trying to, uh, you know, to isolate this, this object. I mean, was it, a, was it a peanut? Was it some, who knows what the heck they're putting in granola these days, right? You know, roughage. <laughs> um, so finally, I, I, I couldn't really, um, I couldn't get it with my tongue. So then I, you know, I had to spit it out on the table. And uh, I spit it out, and sure enough, there's this little chunk of something very hard. And I didn't, and I just, I looked at it, and it was very hard. And I was like, wow, 
that's that's not right. And let's be honest. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've eaten some things where there have been some foreign objects sometimes. So as I put this little hard object down and started to think about what lawyer I was going to call <laughs> in order to sue this company <laughs> uh, for putting a foreign object, to me it looked like a piece of glass, which is not good. I mean, it felt like a pebble. It felt like, like, a, like a rock. When I looked at it, it was still could have been a rock because I didn't clean the whole thing off. But it, it so I was just there's a foreign object there, so I I just kind of put it to the side, and uh, I was like at least I didn't swallow it, I didn't do any damage, right? Okay, cool. And I stopped eating the granola bar, and so then um, right after I swallowed it and took some water, I felt. One of my teeth, I felt like maybe there was some kind of a, like, you know, when you get a, a, a popcorn kernel stuck between your teeth and it just bugs the heck out of you. Well, I felt that kind of feeling, a little sharp sensation between my teeth on, on my left side, which I have now learned that even though I'm right-handed, apparently I am a left-sided chewer. It's funny how you start to, to discover things. When something happens, you focus on it. As I said, when you're chewing and eating, do we ever th- even think about it? It's such a natural thing. It just happens. You put something in your mouth. Do you even, do you even remember? Do you even think about telling your, your mouth to chew? It's uh, right. I mean, it's, it's such a, a natural, uh, a natural, uh, I don't even know what the word is. Um, act. It's just a natural act. As soon as we open our mouths to eat, it's as if our brain, we, you know, it's like when you, sometimes when you're driving your car and, and you're not even thinking and you're, and, well, you're, 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 and you're making right turns and left turns because you've, you've gone this, play, this way certain area that your, your, your brain just kind of takes over without you actually thinking about it. It was that kind of thing. You know, you know, I just put this in my mouth, and you, we just start chewing. We don't say, "Okay, I'm opening my mouth now, so um, teeth, get ready to chew now," because the you know, you just do it. So when there's when that when that um, when that process gets either uh, compromised, or when we start to focus on it, then you realize. I mean, if you would have asked me before, what side do you chew on? What side do you eat on mostly? When you eat, what side does your food go on? I would probably say, well, I don't know, both. But then, and I'll get to this, I've discovered that I'm a lefty when it comes to chewing. I never really thought of it it does make sense because as i think about it now when i look at my teeth i do have more fillings on my left side than i do on my right side top and bottom so clearly that's where most of the chewing and the the ma- the, the the macerating is that the right word of the food goes on in my mouth on the left side the next time you grab something to eat don't think about it just open your mouth and put it in and start chewing and then stop and see where the food is. 
just to know if you're a righty or a lefty when it comes to chewing food. I never knew it, but I'm a lefty. <laughs> I'm always very right side dominated. I'm, I write left-handed. Uh, I, I, I mean, right-handed. I throw right-handed. I, I was batting right-handed when I, when I played basketball, when I would, sh- or baseball, when I shoot a basketball or throw anything right-handed, very right side dominated. Uh, when I would ride a bike, I always started put- pedaling with my right side, with my right leg. <laughs> you know, I'm just very right side dominated, not ambidextrous. I can write, you know, with my left hand a little. Uh, I had a friend in, in high school that could throw lefty and righty, and it was pretty cool because I was the catcher, and, and he would pitch, and within an inning, he would switch. <laughs> he would throw right-handed to one batter and then throw lefty to another, and, the, and, the, and, the, and, I, and I would be close enough to the, to the other player's bench. I could hear them go, wait a minute, is this guy throwing lefty now? That's the same pitcher, isn't it? <laughs> he used to get a kick, and he, he, could, he could bring the heat with both arms. And we see in baseball, a lot of guys, people pitch hitters or switch hitters. They bet both lefty and righty. But I'm very right side dominated. I don't know about, I don't know if I'm right brain dominated, but I'm certainly right side dominated. But yet when I eat, apparently the food naturally goes to the left side. So a lot of work being done chewing wise on the left side. And sure enough, that's where I feel this little, this little sharpness. And so I'm like, oh, that's weird. So I go and get some uh, s- some floss, and I start to floss between the teeth where this feels, I feel this little sharpness. And I'm going at it, and then I'm done, and I feel it, and yet it's still there. And I'm like, geez, I know that I, I was right on this thing, whatever this foreign object. I just I just felt this this hard object, and maybe there's something else stuck in my tooth here. So I go floss again pretty vigorously, and I feel with my tongue, and it's still there. I'm like, okay, what, 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 what's there? And I go to the mirror, and it's not so much that what was there, it's what wasn't there. Like a half of my tooth. <laughs> well, it... I looked and I could see a filling and I could see that the whole side of my tooth, the showing side, you know, the, the, the side that you would see, the front side, was gone. So then it didn't take a Columbo to figure out, uh-oh, wait a minute. So now I go back to that little foreign object which I was already preparing to sue this major corporation for putting this foreign object in my granola bar. Well, my lawsuit (laughs) crumbled like my tooth did because then I looked at it, I got a paper towel and wiped it off, and sure enough, Oh, it was hard, and it was white, like you'd think maybe a piece of glass would be. Um, but it was a piece of my tooth. 
So that's what I was, that's what I chewed on. That's what I felt. So obviously, when I was eating this granola bar, I chewed on something hard enough to crack my tooth. And I'm like, are you serious? Now, once again, I had no pain. I had no blood. As I said, I I just thought that I, when I first chewed, as I was chewing, excuse me, as I chewed this thing, and I chewed down and felt this harder object, I immediately stopped. And uh, so I just felt, I didn't feel that my tooth broke. I didn't hear anything. There was no reaction. I still would love to know how I broke that tooth. I really would. But I must have, I don't know how. I mean, like I said, even if it's a soft granola bar, it's still, you're still chewing through a lot of different um, hard objects. Maybe, I mean, I think there was certainly a peanut in there. Who knows? You, you just chew it on the wrong way and the wrong side, one, you know, and who knows? There might be a weakness in that tooth. Uh, certainly, I had had a filling in that tooth many years ago, though. But you never know. With time, that tooth may have just weakened, and it didn't take much. And so now, suddenly, I'm faced with, ugh, I've got to now, you know, go to the dentist. I can't leave the tooth like this. The, the you know, it was there was sharp there. As I said, you could see some of the filling was still there. Uh, you know, I mean, it was toward the back. I don't have a wisdom tooth, so the the very back of my mouth, there's an empty space. There's one tooth. There's two teeth, the second tooth from the back. And then the third one is this one that cracked. So it, it, it makes sense, and it's, a, it's an important tooth because it's where I'm, you know, and then, so then as I start to eat, I don't want to crack it more, right? And this is how I discovered that I'm a lefty when it comes to eating. So as I'm, e- I, I'm eating the next couple of days, I'm, I'm trying to be uh, cognizant of what I'm chewing and where I'm chewing it. And so as I said, I, 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 I'm eating, I stopped, and I realized that the food was on the left side. And I'm like, oh, I'm a lefty when it comes to eating. Which made sense because there's the side that the tooth broke. So I leave a message. It was, uh, I think it was a Saturday, and uh, my dentist was not open on Saturday. Uh, and so, um, or maybe it was a Friday. I don't know. They're closed on Friday and Saturday anyway, and Sunday. So um, I left a message and said, Look, I cracked my tooth. I want to see the dentist, blah, blah, blah. And they, sent me a text on Sunday and said, can you come in uh, on Monday morning? Yeah, no problem. So I'm like, okay, now here we go. I have to get a crown probably. You know, where did, you know, as I said, it's not enough. I just get done with this, this tire thing, which at the end of the day was no great expense, $30. Could have been much, much more. I didn't have to buy a new tire, right? So I, it was a lot of, inconvenience time-wise but at least monetarily it wasn't a big deal and now i'm like oh 
Now we have to get into this whole thing. And, you know, if you get a crown, if you ever had a crown on your tooth, you know, it's, 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 it's not painful, the process. As I said, I had no pain at all in this tooth. Never hurt, no blood, nothing. That's why I was shocked that I broke it. But now it's going to be an inconvenience because first they have to, uh, you know, make a mold of your tooth. And well, first they have to build your tooth up, but they make a mold of your tooth. Then they have to send it out and they make the crown. Then the crown comes. Then they put the crown on and they have to put all that stuff together. And then they have to make sure it's in right. And then they sometimes have to file it down so it feels right. You know, it's usually at least a two visit process to put in the crown because they have to make a crown to fit your tooth and fit your mouth, right? And it has to be sent out, and someone has to make it. So it's at least a two-visit procedure. And so here we go again. And thankfully, you know, we have dental insurance, but you're still going to pay some out of pocket. So it's it's an inconvenience, and it's going to cost some money that, you know, I mean, not as much as it could have without insurance, certainly. But, you know, ugh, you know, here we go. Here we go. And at this point, I'm just praying. That's all it is, right? I mean, I'm assuming, hey, I cracked my tooth. I'm going to have to get a crown put on it. Okay. And so I'm going to the dentist with that expectation that, okay, well, here we go. Um, it's going to probably be a two two process thing so here's another you know week and a half or two weeks that i'm gonna have to go through this you know go to the dentist and who knows how long this other thing takes and then go there make another appointment and go and you know i mean you know once again i I was lucky in that i was not in any kind of pain at all so I, i should once again be grateful that for cracking a tooth the uh at least the uh the entire situation of it was not at all inconvenient or painful it was just going to be inconvenient and a little expensive right but hey that's that's the price you get for living right that's the price you pay so thankfully i didn't have to wait long because i didn't want to have this this tooth i didn't want to do more damage to it not that it would matter it's broke it's broke right but I was glad I was able to get in early. As you know me, I like to get things done quickly. I like to make lists. So the fact that I could get in there on the first open day that they had was was nice. So I go in, you know, last Monday. And, uh, yeah, I cracked my tooth, eating a granola bar. Okay, well, oh, yeah, they take a look in there. Oh, yeah, you know. Well, let's, uh, you know, we'll take a little x-ray first and, See what we got here. Okay, no big deal. And I'm assuming, right, hey, I mean, okay, do what you got to do, but I cracked my tooth and I'm going to get a crown, right? Yeah, pretty much. That's what it looks like. Well, (laughs) just like the nail in the tire wasn't as quick and easy as I had expected it, I had to go back again because there was something else wrong with the tire. If you listen to the past last week's podcast it wasn't just as simple as pulling out the nail and putting a a plug in and you're off to the races it was more involved this i had no idea would be more involved but it certainly 
is more involved. So he takes the, you know, I'm just like, oh, I'm going to have to get a crown, crack my tooth. Okay. And I've been to enough doctors now, especially over the last 10 years. Been to enough doctors. As I said before, thankfully, all minor little things, nothing major. I don't mind the minor stuff. I understand it's natural with the aging process. So I've come to accept it. It was weird because I said, I've said for the most part of my life, I've been very healthy. But I guess, or maybe I thought so. <laughs> I didn't really go to doctor all that much. But over the last 10 years, I've had quite a series of, of you know, of, of little things here and there that have necessitated doctor's appointments, tests, and some treatments, but thankfully nothing major. The way I looked at it is, okay, I'm, I'm getting a tune-up. I went for the majority of my life, the great majority of my life, you know, uh, just doing okay. And so now the body's like, yeah, okay, we did fine, but still, you know, you're getting a little older here, so things are starting to, you know, to wear out a little. So I've come to accept that. Now, this tooth thing, you know, I guess you can argue, like I said, there was a filling in that tooth which automatically compromises it and makes it weaker in theory. So for all I know that I had a, like maybe a hairline crack in this tooth for years. Who knows? And it, all it took was a peanut or something to push it along and actually crack it. Who knows what it was? I don't know. I really don't. I know I was eating a granola bar when it happened, but for all I know, it could have been something I ate two or three days before that really loosened it, and then this granola bar just was the final straw that made it completely break. Who knows? But anyway, um, so nowadays it's really amazing, at least with, I don't know how it is with, I, well, I think it is with, with, uh, with any kind of x-ray. I mean, within seconds, you know, before it was like a big deal. It's like, oh, the x-rays, I have to wait, you know, days for the x-rays to come back. Or at least, you know, a couple of minutes or something, you know, five minutes, ten minutes. Now, as soon as they take the picture, I mean, gosh, it's it, it, the computer stuff is it's really, it's just amazing. I mean, almost right at, I mean, you know, the guy, you know, puts that bad little, that little apron on you. And, uh, you know, they put the thing, you bite down, they aim the thing. He walks out of the room, which is always scary to think that they always still have to walk out of the room. Oh, yeah, the, the x-ray thing isn't as bad as it used to be. Well, but you're still walking out of the room when I take it, aren't you? <laughs> I know you put that that carbon or whatever that is on me to sort of, uh, you know, uh, I guess to absorb some of the radiation. I don't know. I, I assume that's what that is. But they still walk out of the room. <laughs> they don't want to be around that. But anyway, boom, x-ray pops up almost instantly on the screen right in front of me. And I see on the tooth, on the bottom edge of the tooth, I see the break of where it came off. So it's like, yeah, well, there it is. But I don't know how to read these. You know, I don't know to how to read the rest of these things. And it's amazing. Have you ever seen an x-ray of your teeth? 
of your mouth like that. It's amazing how far up your teeth go. I mean, you know, we see, what do we see? Like, you know, a half of a half an inch of our teeth below the gums. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just guessing maybe half inch. But when you see that those x-rays, you see just how far up, you know, your teeth go way up into your jawbone, down, you know, up upper jaw and lower. It's it's amazing. You don't think that your gums are concealing that much, but there's a lot going on underneath those gums. Which de- which dentists are always concerned about. You know, it's, we 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 tend to just look at what we see and say, "Oh, our, our teeth look fine." And then they do a little deeper dig with x-rays and with poking around, and they're like, uh, you know, farther up, there's some problems here. So I don't know. I see, I see the, 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 the broken part of the tooth is very visible. You don't need to be a, a doctor or some kind of pathologist or x-ray guy to, 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 to diagnose that broken tooth right there. You can see the whole, the whole segment is gone. But the dental assistant looks at the uh, x-ray, and his first reaction to me is, this is a key, folks. And if, you've, if, you're, if you're a veteran with going to, dent, to, to doctors, you know, especially when they're looking at things when they're checking things whether it's an x-ray or some kind of a test result or if they're doing something physical with you or they're examining you whenever they go huh not a good sign you really hope for a visit to any doctor without the ominous huh we use a huh in our daily life uh, and it really doesn't have, we, it's a throwaway sound, right? <laughs> we don't even think twice about it. We don't even know if we do a huh. But in, our, in, in, in a layman's world, a huh is, carries very little importance. In many ways, it's just a placeholder while we're thinking about to say something else. You know, huh. Or it's a little reaction to something. But it's, it's never important. When we do a huh. But when a doctor does a huh, get ready. Pay attention. It's important. (laughs) So I got the huh. And the huh was followed by, so you're not in pain? Okay, that's another one. If you can get past the huh, and maybe your doctor just huhs, and it doesn't have meaning. But when the next, when the huh is followed by a concerned tone of voice and usually with a question that involves the word pain, now there's something more than just a casual little visit that you're making here. In my case, this is going to be more than just putting on a little crown on a broken tooth. The huh 
We expected the broken tooth. We expected to see the broken tooth on the x-ray. The broken tooth would not bring on a huh or the following question after the huh. Are you in any pain? Because I just walked in here, told them I wasn't in any pain. And sold him, I broke my tooth and showed him it physically, and he saw it, right? So the huh and the wow, you're not in any pain, led me to believe that um, we're going down a different rabbit hole here, almost literally. (laughs) And I said, no. And he said, well, you know, if you can see here, and now I'm going to get my first lesson in how to read a dental x-ray because usually my dental x-rays are all fine so i just i assume they are and they go there oh everything looks great and i don't even really pay attention to much of it but now when when i get the huh followed by the pain question now it's time for me to pay a little more attention to that x-ray i've told you in the past you know i I have a a venal occlusion in in my right eye and and for the past eight years i i get an injection in my eye, you know, a needle, a shot in my eye to treat this this thing. This is one of the things that have happened in the last 10 years, which, once again, not a major thing, but it needs to be taken care of. I mean, eight years later, I still have good sight, so that's fine. I never felt this venal occlusion. I didn't know what happened until I was having some some vision problems in my eye and was told it was pretty serious that my retina, you know, was swelling. But anyway, my point is I've I've been getting this this shot and I you know before they take before they give me the injection about every 8 to 10 weeks uh they take a you know some x-ray-ish type of picture of my eye i don't know if it's an x-ray or what it is but i they take some deep photos of my eyes and to the point now where i know how to read it if the if the condition of the eye is not as bad one month or one you know one time period as it was the last time i know how to read it because i've been watching it i've been looking at it and i am very inquisitive with doctors, I feel I'd like to have as much information as I can have and as much as they can give me as to what's going on in my body so that I know what's going on and how I might prevent it and treat it. So I, I like to be very active. For somebody who didn't go to a doctor very often because I was always in fairly good health, um, now when I do go, I am very uh, involved and very interested. I want to know what it is. I want to know why it is. I want to know how it is. And I want to know... Uh, you know, I want to know about it. That's that's just my nature. So I'm very inquisitive, and I'm I'm very uh, diligent on things like this, and and now I'm very aware of my body and pains and things like that, which has really been helpful in some cases because I know the old me probably would have, um, you know, not paid too much attention to it, and things would have gotten worse. So it's a good thing. And thankfully, I've got doctors that are very open to sharing this information with me. 
So as I said, when I when I get this uh, this X-ray or whatever it is that they take of my eye uh, before I get the injection, just to see the the, the state of it, um, I could usually tell. Oh, looks good this time. Yeah, it does. Oh, looks a little sweet. Yeah, I mean, I, I I can read it just as much as the doctor can. So I said, up to this point, I've never really had to pay attention too much to my dental x-rays because they've always been fine. But now I got the, huh, are you in any pain question? And now there's going to be a little further explanation and a further analysis and diagnosis. And so now it's time for me to pay attention to my dental x-rays for the first time in a long time. So... Once again, it's very interesting to watch how to see how high up your tooth is and where the nerve is and and all that stuff. And I, I had a, a general understanding of it, but now once again, I was getting a crash course just to show what the problem was. And so, as I said, the tooth that was visibly cracked, that's there, no problem. The and that okay, we're gonna have to put a crown on it. Yes, you're right. We have to put a crown on it. So my 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 pre-visit diagnosis was correct. I broke my tooth, and I'm gonna have to have a crown on it. I I I I already diagnosed myself going in, but ah, uh, there was much more <laughs> that uh, that that my diagnosis uh, was not able to uh, perceive. It made me realize that I am not a dentist and I am not a doctor. <laughs> and I'm glad that we have people who are. And so there we go. He says, well, here's the problem. Uh, yeah, okay, there's the tooth there and that one's broke and we're going to put a crown on that one. But the one next to it, farther to the back on the other side, if you see here, the root, there's three roots to your teeth. And he said, this root is cracked up in your gum. You can't see it. And I'm surprised that you don't have any pain, but then I'm not surprised because that tooth had a root canal. And so basically, when they do a root canal... You know, your tooth is dead. They go in and they take your nerve out. It's kind of a way to, you know, keep your tooth. But it's a dead tooth. They literally go in and drill a hole and take the nerve out and then fill that tooth up, you know, and put a crown on it and it's sealed. But it's a dead tooth. So you're not going to feel any more pain in that tooth. There's no nerve. It's gone. That's why you get the root canal because the decay in your tooth has gone so far up that it's now the nerve is exposed, and that's why you get the pain. So there's, a, there's, a, there's various, a small line between getting a filling well, you might feel a little pain, and they can get that before it. But if you let it go too far, then the nerve is completely exposed, and they've got to they've got to take the nerve out. They can't fill it. So they take the nerve out, they fill it, 
with a post and with a with a nail with a, with almost with like a, a nail kind of thing and uh, then they cap it and it's a it's a completely sealed situation there it's this way no bacteria gets in there but it's a dead tooth so the reason why he was asking me about pain was that he said you know that tooth broke and it looks like there could be some we want to get in there because now now it's compromised and there's a chance for bacteria to get in there and then it can get infected now I, that's why they asked me are you, are you not in any pain he's, he's he made it, he made it sound to me like the back of my gum and the back of my mouth was inflamed i didn't feel it i didn't feel anything no pain at all didn't feel any inflammation didn't feel any pain but apparently there was some so it's it was clear that that the x-ray showed that one of the roots was 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 cracked and there's a potential for infection now so without much uh you know further examination or thought my dentist said unfortunately that tooth's going to have to come out you know because uh it's compromised and you know it can get infected and then we'll get really problems so uh, you're going to have to get that tooth taken out pull it out and so then your options are either an implant or a bridge or a partial but the tooth has to come out and so now i'm like oh geez i mean i came in here you know it was funny how i had a nail in my tire before in my mind this cracked tooth was kind of similar to the nail and you know going in you know i didn't have a flat tire i didn't have to get a new tire i just had to pull out the nail get the thing plugged fill the air fill fill the tire with air and we're back to business in my mind two days later or three days later i cracked this tooth okay inconvenience once again just like the slow leaked uh, tire was with the nail in it inconvenient yes uh but have to get it fixed it's gonna take you know a two-time visit but there's not a lot of pain involved it's just the nuisance factor and you know a little money okay so my cracked tooth in my mind wasn't a flat tire it was a nail in the tire. Got it taken. Got to take a. Got you have to get it taken care of, but not catastrophic. Not like a flat tire. Um, you know, stuck somewhere out in the, in you know some rural area with with no lights. I was you know five blocks from home. Okay, that's not too bad. Same thing here. Okay. Broken tooth, pain in the butt to have to go through now to get this thing, uh, you know, fixed with a crown and, you know, a couple of visits, but it could be worse. Well, it was worse. Now, we still don't know. The assumption is that apparently when I, when I, whatever I bid on, which is, to me, this is crazy. Because when I, bit, I, as I said, when I bit down on this granola bar, I didn't, there, there, there was no, whoa. I mean, I didn't hear a crunch or a crack. 
I didn't have any pain. The, 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 the hard object that I did feel was my tooth already broken off, not something hard that I cracked my tooth on. But I was feeling the res- I was chewing on the result of the cracked tooth. So, you know, I don't know what state either of these teeth were in. You know, for all I knew, that other tooth, the one that did break, that visually broke, as I said before, was already weakened and may have had a crack in it. And same thing with this, because the problem here now is, you know, I had this root canal done many decades ago. So I'm sure with time and use, it's a dead tooth. Who knows? Maybe it just got weakened again. I I don't know. What I'm wondering um, as a purely hypothesis is maybe when I initially bit down, like, okay, whatever, whatever the first tooth cracked, the one that visually cracked, you know, I didn't feel it. Had no, no, no idea until I bit down and felt this foreign object. Well, maybe when I bit down on to feel that foreign object, even though I didn't crunch it necessarily, but maybe I did enough of a crunch with this other tooth hard enough. This tooth has been dead for 25, 30 years. Maybe that's what cracked the other one. So I may have cracked my one tooth on the granola bar and then cracked the other one on the other piece of tooth. (laughs) I can't believe all this happened within a, a matter of seconds, but that's kind of the prevailing theory because... The dentist showed me my previous x-ray from a while ago, and there was no sense that this tooth was, was, you know, broken. It wasn't broke for a while. It wasn't sitting there broke. As I said before, it's a dead tooth. But it wasn't broke for a long time. Well, it could, I mean, for all you know, maybe it was. I never had any pain, though. So who knows? I could have broken it at the same time. Maybe I broke it six months ago. I don't know. But at the end of the day, now, to use the analogy, I had a flat tire. (laughs) I just didn't have a nail and a slow leak. For my tooth, now I had a flat tire. And I had more than that. Because not only does a tooth have to come out, that's one procedure, you know, pull this tooth out. And that's not, I mean, in today's world, that's not a big deal, but it's not simple. It's oral surgery. It's Novocaine. It's pulling stuff out. It's the whole thing, right? But then part two is, you know, it's not like getting a filling. Now I'm going to, I have, I'm going to have a big space. What do you do with it? It's on, of course, my left side. My chewing side. Now, I'm sure with time, the, the space, uh, you know, heals and gets tough. I mean, visually, it, you know, the tooth was far enough in the back that you would have no way of knowing. Because now this tooth is the, 
there's there's the last tooth on my upper left side, and this is the tooth next to that. So it's far back. Visually, you can't see it. I'll have, I mean, here's, here's, my, here's my decision, right? So the one that I have to get pulled is farther back. Can't see it visually if I smile or if I talk. And then the tooth next to it that cracked visually will have a crown on it. So even if you do see that far deep into my mouth, that tooth will have a crown on it. As you get down to those last two teeth in the back of your mouth, you really don't see those. At least you don't see them with me. When I smile, you can't see that. So in theory, in theory, I really, if I wanted to, could just leave the tooth that way. Just leave the hole. But from a practical standpoint of eating and you know possible other uh, you know, situations that down the line that might cause because now you've just got your gum exposed. So now it might be easier for your gum to get infected or the bone there to get weakened by because now this is my chewing side. It's kind of an important tooth. It's an important tooth. Maybe the, if it was the last one in my mouth, I might have gotten away with it. Right, I've got my my my, uh, my wisdom teeth are pulled, so there's some room back there. If it was the last tooth, to be honest with you, I might have gotten away with it. But the fact that there's a space means that, and that's really where I do my major chewing. I'm gonna have to get something done, whether it's a partial, whether it's a uh, whether it's a bridge or whether it's an implant. Now, I don't know if you've been you know, confronted with the idea of an implant for whatever reason, but um, everybody, everybody, as part of the description of the implant, the cost comes up. <laughs> My dentist said, "Well, yeah, it's uh, you're gonna have to pull that tooth. You're gonna and 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 uh, unfortunately, it's uh, it's kind of expensive. Ironically, I had I had I had broken my tooth before. A couple of days before, I had done a a, a broadcast, a live remote broadcast with Dean Richards and Dave Schwan at Tree Time for WGN." And I had just cracked my tooth a couple days before. And, and, and during a commercial break, I was talking to Dave. He was sitting next to me. And I said, oh, yeah, you know, I, I broke my tooth the other day. And Dave said, oh, you know, I had the same thing happen to me a few years ago. I had, the to, I had to have the, teeth pull, the tooth pulled. And I had to get an implant. And he said, I have to tell you, it was expensive, but it was worth it. It's a permanent solution and it feels it works great and it feels great but his first description was it was expensive so i had the plant seeded uh, the plant the, the seed planted into me by dave schwan initially even though i had no in my mind i was like well i just broke this tooth i don't think i'm going to need that as i said i thought i had a nail in my tire 
this was not that serious. I broke my tooth. I'll get a crown on it, no problem. Little did I know it was going on on the tooth next to it. So I had to laugh when he said you have to get it pulled and get an implant because I initially, immediately thought back to what Dave Schwann just told me literally the day before. <laughs> that I would have to, that he had an implant. So the word expensive keeps popping up in this equation. And apparently the procedure for an implant, why it's permanent as opposed to a bridge or partial, which you have to take out, you put in and take out, is that apparently they, they, they put a screw into your jaw and then screw the, the, the fake tooth onto that little screw. And that's why you don't, it's there permanently. So it's, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot going on, right? You're drilling and then the bone has to be strong. So, you know, ultimately uh, I was a little hesitant because it wasn't cheap. But, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm hopefully got a lot more years of chewing, <laughs> you know. <laughs> if this happened 20 years from now, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have bothered. But, you know, I've got, I've got some years of chewing left. So I've decided to get the implant, but now it's not just that simple. Okay, they pulled the tooth, but as I said, now if they're going to put in a screw, they're going to you know screw a screw in or drill a screw into your into your bone, into your jaw bone to put this implant in, it's going to have to be strong to withstand that. So they have to wait for the extraction to heal and they have to wait for the bone to be strong enough to the the point where they even have to put in a bone graft to get more bone in there at this healing stage in order for that bone to get built up enough to withstand the pressure and the strength of this nail or post to get in there. So now, that takes three months. (laughs) I thought I chipped my tooth, you know, broke the side of it off, and I'm going to get a crown, and I'll be done in two weeks. I won't be thinking twice of this. Now, what would have been a two-week inconvenience is going to become a major, first of all, an extraction, a tooth pulled, and then once it's pulled, I have to wait three months after it's pulled to make sure that my jawbone and the bone involved heals and, and grows and is strong enough in order for the implant to be done. So now, what I thought would be the equivalent of pulling out the, the nail and the tire and putting a plug in and putting the air in it, and we're off to the races and never think about this tire again. I have to get my tooth pulled, and that so that's enough of a of a deal, right? Your tooth getting pulled. I don't care what it's I mean, in today's world it's not that big of a deal, but you know, there's a lot involved. And then I have to wait three months 
for this all to heal and then go through another procedure. Did not expect that at all. (laughs) Now, thankfully, the extraction went fine. Took about a half hour. The tooth was able to be taken out intact. It didn't crack. But it was infected, apparently. I never felt any pain. But all I know is if you ever had anything to do, if you ever had a, 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 a root canal or a tooth pulled, you know that, you know, they, 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 thankfully they, they, they Novocaine you so much that you don't even know what the hell's going on. But wow, there's a lot of physicality when they get in there, especially to pull this tooth, there's a lot of physicality involved. I mean, you know, I was just numbed. I wasn't out and I wasn't, you know, put out with anesthesia. So I was aware of this. If you ever had a root canal or you had a pull a tooth pulled, there's no pain, there's pressure, but you're so numbed up that you don't feel anything. But you feel pressure because they are tugging and twisting. I don't know what the heck they're doing in there. And you can't believe that that's all going on in your mouth. But there's a lot of, I mean, these so many times surgeons and dentists and doctors, they have to be carpenters and as well as doctors. They're using like, they're using construction tools, right? He's using a drill. I'm hearing this, and then I'm hearing a crack sound. I mean, there's stuff, and then he's twisting. He was he was right above me, and he was using me as leverage and twisting something. I'm not sure how they take that out or what he was doing, but I actually, from what I understand from Dennis, that they actually they actually um, prefer that the patient is awake because. If you're knocked out, there's no resistance. And then they have to really apply most of the strength and the pressure for whatever they have to do. But naturally, from my standpoint, when I feel him in there tugging or something, I'm naturally bracing. And so I'm naturally providing resistance, which makes it easy for him to twist, you know how it is. You know when you you when you're undoing a, a a screw or a nut or something like that. You know you, it's it's better when there's no resistance or when there's a little resistance. You put something, you hold the wrench one way, and then if it's really tight, you hold the wrench one way and offer some resistance there in order to to loosen it the other way. Listen to me. I sound like a, like a carpenter myself for a guy that says I can't fix anything. Listen to me. But anyway. So I felt him really tugging. When we got done, he said, oh, it went well. The tooth didn't break. Got it out. There was some infection in there. I had to dig. And he was digging. So he's like, yeah, there was a lot of membrane and stuff in there. I had to dig all. He was cleaning. I could hear the scraping. I heard a crack at one point. I don't know what the hell's going on. And the scariest part is, you know, they give you these little these sunglasses, you know, because there's a bright light. But I had my eyes closed through the whole thing. I didn't feel a thing at all. Once again, a lot of pressure. But no pain. But at one time, I had my eyes open for some reason, and he was wearing, you know, how now a lot of uh, dentists especially, and some doctors, but a lot of time, you know, especially during COVID, a lot of nurses and doctors were using the, um, the kind of the whole face guard, the clear face guard. 
So he was wearing one of those. And they're made of plastic or whatever they're made of. The clear thing. So he's over me, you know, to the side. And I happened to open my eyes for a second. And at just the right angle where my head was and where his head was and where his shoulder was because he was over my, you know, the side. It was a perfect storm. The light hitting at the at the right spot, and as I opened my eyes for a second, I was able to see this small crevice between, you know, where his arm was and his, you know, where he was working, and I saw the side of his mask, and the reflection of my oral surgery was in the mask and i could see it for a second and i did not oh i closed my eyes so fast i was like wow that was not pretty i just saw a lot of red and blood and that was enough for me to close my eyes (laughs) i have the greatest respect for any kind of doctor any kind of surgeon unbelievable i could never do it i saw that for two seconds and i had to close my eyes and i i I could feel the anxiety and the jitters and i just said okay put it out of your mind and just thankfully we're almost done at that time but um thankfully everything went well not a lot of bleeding uh the sutures they put a couple of sutures in there that was kind of weird about a couple of days later they started to dissolve and get loose and all of a sudden i had i could feel all this this thread hanging (laughs) i was like what the hell is that and that eventually just kind of fell out and everything and so now i'm sitting here with um this big gap it feels like the grand canyon between that last tooth and the other tooth it feels like i have the grand canyon in my mouth um i've been rinsing with salt water and uh eating a lot of soft foods a lot of my yogurt Good thing I like yogurt. It's coming in handy. Eating a lot of yogurt, soft foods. If I have to chew something, I'm now making a point to chew on my right side. And the fact that I have to do that now for the next three months will be interesting to see if now I become a righty. Will I become a right chewer as opposed to a left chewer? And when I get the implant... In the next three months, sometime in March or April probably, or February or probably March, when I get that, will I, uh, will I switch back to being a lefty chewer? Or will now I have this new behavior of chewing on my right side, and so now will I be a righty chewer? I don't know. But all I know is, thankfully... The, the, the tooth was extracted. I have to see him at the beginning of December just to make sure because now forget now. I'm not even done. I still have to have the other tooth with the crown. I have to, still have to go through the crown. That I, All he did, all my dentist did was build up my one tooth to, to, to give it some um, you know stability so it wasn't just hanging there cracked. But I still have to go for at least a two-time a visit to have my crown done on the other tooth 
Then I have to wait the extra month, the, the two or three months now, and then have the implant done. So we are really, we are, you know, we've taken one small step in now what's going to be a five month process for this all to be done just because I had to have a granola bar. And so ends another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast. We are there. And don't forget to tell your friends, tell your family, tell anyone who listens to a podcast that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic, and it should be theirs too. Your loyalty and devotion are much appreciated. Hope you enjoyed episode number 391. I'm Jim Toronto. I am here on business. I'm only here for fun. You've been listening to Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic from the end of the web to your screen.